You haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. It's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. Oh, we're Outdoor Adventure Summits the Airwaves. This is the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I am your host, R. Brandon Long. On Belay with you for about the next 40 minutes. Across from me here in Banyan 1 is the best co-host in all the land, Todd to the Top. Todders, how are you? Hey, doing good today. Good. Happy Thursday. Uh, you've, got, you've got a partner right next to you, somebody, a uh, little visitor, uh, Matt from Wuru. Is that how you say it? Y- yes, it is. Okay, Matt from Wuru. So we'll talk to him in just a minute, a merino wool company. And we've been we've been sharing wool before we started. So. Ah, wool stories. Wool stories. Uh. So in this episode, we'll give you, uh, of course, an interview with our guest. And then on the docket, in the news, including a snow report, uh, deepest resorts, Nordic Valley uh, viability. Fewer people are going outside. There was a sudden death in the ski mogul uh, competition arena, uh, an athlete who died. Korea's, North Korea's vision of a ski resort is melting french coronavirus live strong rebrand and boy scout bankruptcy will give you something worth watching and something worth reading from national geographic uh slamming an antarctic crossing what is that all about something so hot in the gear 30 segment actually two things so hot in the gear 30 segment and bringing back my lands i have two stories about our lands quote of the week outdoor jukebox all of this and more on Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show, episode 352, Wooroo, so let's charge. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat, flashes routes faster than UPS, is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. All right, Todd, to the top. Are you a fan of moose? Yeah, I'm pro-moose. Pro-moose, <laughs> pro pro-meeses. All right, so our weekly happy, and you're going to have to use your imagination on this because you really can't see the video, is a moose running through the ski line at this resort, uh, I think in Europe. It's a female moose, and it is hauling ass. It was caught on Instagram and uh, yeah, running through a ski line here in uh, missing people by inches. Very heavy, very big moose. Uh, everyone's in their snowplow, and he's just like cutting through people. It looks like the he steps on the back heels of the one guy, but uh, everyone survives. The moose, the moose clears the joint. Everyone's happy. So that is our weekly happy. Oh. Mises. Mises. Moose stories that come out good. So we are joined today, Matt Disney, founder. That is. Of Wuru, Premium Merino, Base Layers, and more. So, uh, Matt, welcome to the program. No, thanks for having me, guys. Um, thanks for coming up to Ogden. You're from Salt Lake? Uh, yes. Yeah, we are. I live in Salt Lake. We are a Salt Lake-based company. Salt Lake-based um, so ju- company, yeah. Yeah, so just made the uh, short drive up. So Sweet. All right, so uh, merino wool is not necessarily a, a new product in the outdoor industry. Um, did you 
were you inspired by other brands or what got the, what got the start for Wuru? So uh, where uh, we really kicked off, uh, my wife and I decided to uh, go to New Zealand on our honeymoon. Um, I have been in the uh, large brand representation or on brand um, with some larger sports companies for some time. In and, what in what uh, involvement? Like management, marketing? Uh, marketing. Marketing? Yeah. And so uh, when I decided to move from Chicago from uh our Gatorade headquarters mm-hmm. um, to take a representative role. That is not a small company. No, but uh, a- <laughs> but 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 a fun one. Yeah, up and comer. Up and comer. I yeah. think they're going to do all right. Yeah, as, as Todd normally says. <laughs> Absolutely. I think they're going to make it. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so you know, I, we, uh, you know, I I knew that I needed to represent uh, other companies, and so we were in New Zealand, and I was really grinding trying to figure out uh you know exactly where um because you have a lot of established companies um Mm. that are all taken care of and then you have uh, some smaller ones that really just wanted our relationships so yeah i've always been in the entrepreneurial spirit um so i knew that was something that you know i had an interest for so we were in new zealand um on a five-day guided hike trek as they want to call it And uh, they kept talking about this blister prevention product, um, wool-based blister prevention. We, if we didn't hear about it ten times during the, you know, rah-rah, you know, let's get ready for tomorrow. Um, so finally, my wife's like, "Let's get some, let's get some." And I was like, "If you want to get it," and <laughs> good thing, to, good thing to to cave that early on the honeymoon. Absolutely, yes. yeah. yeah. You know, it's like. Nice. Good choice. It was like 10 NZ. So I was like, you know, <laughs> I knew where to pick my battles. <laughs> and uh, so finally wound up trying it. And, you know, I don't want to bore you all with it, but we, uh, I tried it. And I, you know, originally was of the thought of like, really, if, if it was as good as they keep talking about it, like, why haven't we found this basic um, non-revolutionary technology of zero blister prevention product in the states and lo and behold it was as good as they advertised mm-hmm. and so we spent the next uh let's see t- 12 days trying to figure out how we can uh, start importing said wool um to the u.s and uh let's see, about two months later i had uh, owned more wool than i ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> and how long ago was this uh, this was two years ago almost exactly wow you're, this is very fresh yeah, it is Holy cow. Okay. So the wool product that was blister prevention is is just wool. It is. Yeah. And it's so a we natural f- product. Just uh, loose lanolin rich wool um, that's carded. Um, so to, Carded, what's that mean? So carded is when they comb it to take out all of the vegetable matter. Obviously with these sheep roaming the ranges of New Zealand, um, you know, they pick up this, that, and everything else it's merino uh, wool specifically yes yeah, so, or this is a this wool is actually a hybrid um oh, okay. so some merino you know just a bunch of different sheep that are mating together it's a really long strand so it doesn't break apart so it has a Got little it. bit more durability it is a little thicker but your feet aren't as sensitive to things that's why they can use a thicker micron wool in your socks opposed to mm. your base layers so um so yeah, that's that that is where we started, and uh, you know as you mentioned, uh, that has evolved now to being in the base layer business as well. Very cool. Um, 
Todd and I are fans of merino wool. So breaking into the industry, there's some uh, some players. So well, what sets Wuru apart, and what's your strategy to um, you know get a footprint in uh, in the outdoor industry? No, absolutely. And so really, how we started. Um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to have some great mentors um, along the way. But uh, as we were, as you alluded to before, we jumped on air um, talking about uh, outdoor retailer, mm-hmm. which obviously just concluded. And I was there catching up with an old friend um, over a beer, and we got that's that's where the good stuff happens. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. where most ideas come exactly. from. Yeah. <laughs> and we got talking about you know what I was working on and some of the things he was working on, and he's like, I always thought base layers and apparel would be in our downrange you know Mm. let's call it 36 months 48 months get our foot feet wet um and then all of a sudden he's like he has twin boys and he's like you realize their mom his ex-wife who has a great relationship with is like one of the top apparel designers in the world and i was like no i was like no clue to know (laughs) yeah and so he's like the next day had us on a on a phone call and lo and behold here we are like she's like designs tech packs who we have who we have to work with was that the first time are you familiar with tech packs before and how to do them or was this the first time you were introduced to all of this this was my first this was my first introduction yeah um so here i was you know perusing or for fabrics and looking at that you know about as ten thousand foot level as you could get yeah to all of a sudden you know here we are a few months later with like wearable samples and so things things moved extremely quickly months is really fast yeah it was you know all of a sudden it was uh it was eye-opening um to say the least and you know trying to scramble and you know but i think that's kind of entrepreneurship in general like the second you feel that you have things a little bit uh figured out is when things change dramatically Mm -hmm. and you know you just kind of have to roll with the punches so sourced in New Zealand? Correct. All of our wool currently uh, comes from New Zealand. Okay. Based in Salt Lake. And then where's the garments being made? Uh, all of our garments are currently being made in Los Angeles. Wow. Stateside. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, that is one of our pieces is, you know, we are trying to bring the best of all, um, you know, from design pattern making, all done in Boulder um, through some very acclaimed people to sourcing the wool from some of the best farms and fabric suppliers to then bringing it back stateside to manufacture here, all made in the US. Um, currently all of our apparel is direct to consumer. So we're you have the ability to um, bring a product to market at a very, very favorable price. Um, but as I say, direct to consumer currently, it's just because we have such a small team. Yeah. And that, you know, as you know, we are starting to get some retail outreach and it's not something that we're opposed to by any stretch. Um, just being a very small brand. So you had to learn that as well, then direct to consumer. Um, I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know how much background you had on like building the website and getting the sales going and the Google ads and the redirecting, you know, all of that stuff in a short amount of time. No, absolutely. That was all stuff that we had to, you know, learn and scale quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been busy, Matt. 
We have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, how big is your team? Uh, as full-time employees, you have a team of one. Team of what? You. You're, you're you. talking to Wow. You. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you had any other family involved with you. President, well. janitor. Nice. Uh, yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. That sounds about it. right. Yeah. yeah, small team, uh, big vision, and so I can't what six, nine, ten products, including a, uh, what may be the most important is just the trucker cap. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, so f- some garments, uh, maybe eight different garments, and then of course the blister wool. Is that where, is that that, right correct. Right? Okay. And so, you know, to your point in terms of our team, so one of the things that we always have wanted to do is align with the best is I would rather have a really lean team and be able to bring on consultants that are tried and true. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Because a few hours of their time is more beneficial than 40 hours of my time. Yeah. Because this is, you know, this is their sandbox. They've done it a hundred times. You know, I could spend all day trying to design a garment or I could go find the right person to team with that's done this a hundred times for the biggest brands, some of our brand aspirations and do it the right way. So if we're going to do something, it's going to be done in the correct manner. It might not be the fastest, but we're going to make sure that it's done and uh, you know done with a purpose. I'd say it's coming together pretty fast too. At least it sounds like it. And the fact that having a team of one uh, and sort of maintaining those standards, let's, it's, it's easier, right? It, it is. Um, the fact that you are, you know, construction here in the States, I mean, this could have gone so many different directions. The fact that you've been able to maintain that vision from the beginning. Congratulations. No, I appreciate it. Do you, um, do you ask yourself questions, then walk into the other room, which is the marketing department, and then walk back, you know, answer your question and walk <laughs> into the other room and like uh, the finance department and the living room. And then, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, th- you definitely wear many hats and, yeah. uh, you know, but that's, a, that's the, that's the beauty of it. I think as a small up and coming brand, if we don't use the fact that we're nimble, we're using, we're losing the only mm. advantage that we have. When you look at these large brands, having been and spent a lot of time on large brands, you know, things take time. Yeah. Um, and for those who may not know, which I just found out not too long ago and I work in the industry, but the two largest Merino wool brands are now owned by the same company. Very, yeah. very big company, by the way. So like you said, nimble, that would be the opposite of nimble making ch- choices and being able to, uh, yeah, change things on the fly is a little tougher. Absolutely. And, you know, to your point right there is we knew that with this market getting consolidated that there were opportunities. Yeah. Self-funded? Self-funded. No Kickstarter? No Kickstarter as of yet. Uh, interesting you bring that up. We are working on a piece okay. that we uh, may launch on Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, we're we're trying to use all avenues. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of companies that have – use Kickstarter and it's been a great marketing springboard. Um, but you know, we've been able to, uh, you know, keep everything close to the chest and, uh, you know, be able to pivot when we need to. So how long has the site been up and actually selling product? Cause it, well, you only started with the idea two years ago. So we got, uh, up selling, uh, blister wool and, uh, that, uh, infamous uh, trucker hat that's <laughs> um, your currency right there yeah, yeah oh so, yeah trucker hats are gold uh, so yeah. a year and a half ago retire off the trucker hat oh yeah, yeah <laughs> you know. so about six months in you were already on yes so you know that's oh, the beauty wow. of you know having something that uh 
you know, we wound up taking this from, you know, creating packaging quickly. Yeah, logo. To, to being able to just take processed wool, wow. put it into a package and uh, get it out on shelf. Um, and then uh, when looking at the uh, apparel side, you know, we launched, uh, you know, it was slower and, you know, there are a lot of setbacks. We, mm-hmm. we thought we were going to be launched in July. Um, really wound up coming into September, October with some inventory trickling in towards the end of November. Um, so, you know, there have definitely been bumps and bruises, um, but, you know, there's been a lot of learning. And I think we interviewed the founder of uh, Kavu. And it's one of our most listened to podcasts. Uh, you can go back and listen to that if you're, if you're interested in how businesses start. And he <clears throat> grew up in the I think it was salmon fishing industry in Alaska, fishing industry in Alaska. And through that, he realized that you have to have, you know, multiple, you have to be nimble, like you said, and multiple options on the table, multiple sources, because things always go wrong. Uh, and so what have, have you learned that already? Are you already looking at multiple ways to, to produce uh, the apparel and backup plans and things? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, to say that things haven't gone smoothly, you know, off the bat is, you know, we have had to be extremely nimble. Um, and one of it being, so we were going to launch originally launch with our men's and women's short sleeve shirt. So here we are, go through vet out factories and we're getting great quality garments from them. The thing that they couldn't do were the details. And I think mm-hmm. the details are what makes a brand stand apart. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so here we go. We get everything. I'm like a kid on Christmas sitting here opening <laughs> things like, oh, man, we're going to start selling shirts left and right. And then all of a sudden, we, I open the box. They didn't put our brand tags on them. Not all, like so. Yeah. Slight with, misstep. Yeah, slight miss. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like we can work with this. So then we open up the men's short sleeve. I'm like, We've gone through three iterations, and there was the first sleeve that they put on, or the first correction, they put this sleeve on, and the dimensions were just, they were off. It was an, wound mm. up being, from what we settled with, it was an inch too short and an inch too wide. Mm. And so, proportions, yeah. not ideal. You know, so, I opened the box, and I'm like, they put the wrong damn sleeve on these. Yeah. Oh, no. And... We have no other fabric. And so all of a sudden, we have to contact our fabric manager, make sure we can get them dyed correctly to fix these sleeves. So that wasn't a sample. That was No, like that a... was finished production. Oh, so yeah. all of a sudden, oh, I, we have a full finished run of shirts that are incorrect and, and unsellable. Using all the fabric you bought. Exactly. And uh, so you're not dealing with oh. cotton. you know. So you're yeah. dealing with a fabric that's 15 time, 15x what you're dealing with in cotton. So you're not dealing with a hundred dollar mistake. You're dealing with something where all of a sudden we're putting this, this is our maiden voyage with this manufacturer. And we have to go in like, this is on your plate. And I thought this was going to be super simple. Like, man, we, you know, we screwed up. They admitted to using the wrong pattern. They're like, Nope, these are sellable. We're like, these are not okay. Yeah. And we are not going to be introduced to the market like this. And we were, we had to, we were willing to walk away. But walking away on your first product when you have, as you mentioned, six other products coming down the line, you know, all of a sudden here we were in, you know, well past our launch date. And we we're like, we don't even know if we're going to launch this fall. 
What was, how many sleepless nights was that? Uh, it was, it was multiple. It yeah. was, you know, but they, so then we were at square one trying to figure out where's this stuff going to be manufactured. Right. Um, and then to continue on that, it was during that time, we get an email from the president of our fabric supplier. And they're like, ah, just want to let you know your rep is leaving the company. She was our only relationship there. And so here we were six months in there, really strung this, you know, she was just absolute dynamite for us. And so you have all of these things falling in succession and we have fabric done at the mill and we had to hold it there six weeks. Cause I was like, I don't have a factory for you guys to send it to. Mm. This is, this That's is the these, good are, stuff. these are the great stories. And so you had uh, the idea two years ago and, and went to market with the blister wool and the, the hats soon. Yeah. How long did it take to get the first garment online to sell? Uh, from uh, so after OR, so that was OR, uh, that was a little over a year and a half ago. So we wound up spending all of last year testing. Mm -hmm. um, we were very fortunate through, you know, to really get our products to with some pretty big name athletes to let them. You know, we kept hearing like, "Oh, we really like this. We really like this." And we're like, "Stop telling us what you like. What don't you?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. And like that, like I'm glad you like it. But tell me that 5% that you hate. Yep. And because that is the piece that everybody else is missing. And we have the ability designing something from the ground up. Get it to, right from the start. Exactly. Yeah. And as one, you know, one of my mentors always says, he goes, first be best, then be first. I mm. like that. Um, and that, that, that has really been our motto is, you know, get it right. You have one chance to do it for the first time. Brandon, can we use that? <laughs> we're still working on being best before we're first, right? Yeah. Uh, Wooroo is the name of the company, Wooroo Wool. We're here with Matt Disney. Any relation? Not close enough. Not close enough. <laughs> He's not funding it, or the the business, the uh, the family's not funding it, in other words. Uh, Wooroo, W-U-R-U. -U. So when you go to search it, it's W-U-R-U. -U. So the name, what's behind the name? Uh, so the name is uh, actually Maori. Um, they are the native um, settlers of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wuru is uh, what their name for wool. Cool. Perfect. Very yeah. cool. And then uh, let's wrap on this. I, I know you're only a very short time into this new business. Here in about a month, the Weber State University uh, Entrepreneurship class hosts a an event called Outdoor Weber. And there was, oh man, I don't know, 30 plus entries. It's sponsored by Camping World. It's a big deal. They brought in... Uh, bring in good speakers every year and these kids put their outdoor um it's it's all based around the outdoor industry and so they come up with their products and then they go through this um they pitch it and they are vying for thirty thousand dollars in seed money uh so uh should any of them hear this what is some advice that you haven't already let out of the bag here uh that you could give these students on on maybe coming up with their product and pitching it uh, to win a potentially $30,000 seed money grant. You know, I, th I think when, when you look at it and you look at funds, I think you just have to be very protective of them. Um, you know, when you have money and people know you have budget, you know, everybody wants a piece of it. And to, if you have a nice upside like that, measure twice, cut once. Um, because as a young company, um, and I think one of the biggest things that I've found from being 
being on the large brand and being on as small of a brand that can get is the larger ones have the ability to make mistakes and come back from them. And yeah, when you have something small, you have to do it and you have to do it right. And it might not be the from especially advertising and marketing. You have to make sure that that might not necessarily be the time to be nimble. Um, because you have to, you know, if you lose 10 grand to a large brand that you could be competing against, that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. Like lunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they will literally have appreciation parties that cost more than that. Oh, and yeah. all of a sudden you have this amount of money that if you waste it or partner with the incorrect person, it's not coming back. Um, so, you know, you just really have to be selective because everybody wants a piece of it and, you know, keep it close to your chest because I can tell you earning 10, 20, 30 grand when you are a brand is a lot more difficult. Yeah. Great advice. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, again, I go to Wooroo. Is it WooroowWool.com? It is. Yeah, Wooroo Wool. WooRooWool.com, W-U-R-U, and then you know all the socials and everything, and this product is out there. Yeah. So we, you, thank you so much. You uh, gave us some some product today, so we'll be able to test it. And uh, if you guys, uh, yeah. any listeners, um, you can use the promo code yes. Insta Capital I twenty twenty for twenty percent off. Oh, that's a big deal because the pricing is like you said because it's direct to market it's it's fantastic now wool products are not cheap this is don't go look at prices and think oh well i can get a, a thermal for cheap no it's wool it's it's a big difference in in pricing when you go from cotton to wool so these last a lot longer yeah it's um the the benefits if you're not familiar with the benefits of wool that's a whole nother show because it's a it's a Take our word it's for it. It's a wonder fabric. Yeah. It's good stuff. Sustainable and all this thing. Yeah, but you can wear it year round. Um, I wear, you know, the short sleeves in the summer and, uh, you know, rather than a synthetic and there's reasons for that. So, uh, Matt, I want to have you back. Yeah, would love to. Okay. Yeah, I really Sweet. enjoy it, guys. Right on. Uh, so we'll jump into some on the docket coming up this weekend. Running up for air or Rufa on the 21st and 22nd up Malin's Peak. That's the top of 29th Street. Lapin Malins, not an easy trek. Uh, well, for it's, some, for it's, some, it's not for easy. some. For some, yeah. yeah let's no be problem. honest, Brandon. Uh, we, you? We did it twice this morning. Tw easy. <laughs> yeah, in my dreams. Uh, and then as well as climbing up for air on on uh, the twenty second. So, or maybe that's on Sunday. I can't remember now. But uh, the whole shindig goes down this weekend. You can still be involved in that if you want to. Uh, Put money towards a good cause and get some good exercise. Real Rock at Gear 30 is sold out. That is next Friday, the 28th. If you didn't get your, they were free tickets. But if you didn't reserve your tickets, don't show up because we're not going to let you in. Congrats on that, Brandon. Thanks. Nicely done. Uh, thanks thanks to the, our marketing team, Sarah and company at Gear 30, for getting that sold out. That was That's a fantastic deal. Partnering with um, uh, Ogden's own Utah Brewery on that and then Taboo Pizza. So... Those will those are our treats that night. The 10K is on the 29th at the Ice Sheet, along with the Viking Cup Rail Jam Number Two at Nordic Valley, and the fourth annual Turn and Burn Banked Slalom up at Powder Mountain. Yes, the 29th will be a busy weekend locally here for all the outdoor adventure sports. On March 4th, the Ogden Bicycle Collective is uh, they're returning their Women's Nights, and so if you are a gal and want to get into uh, learning how to 
bike maintenance and uh, how to fix your own bikes, Ogden Bicycle Collective on March 4th is for you, 5 p.m. The demo day, this is open to the public. Uh, there was a demo day for the industry up at Snow Basin last week on Monday and Tuesday, and everyone wanted in, but it's it was industry-specific. This one is open to the public. It is on the 7th of March, and that is it benefits the Ogden Valley Adaptive Sports up at Snow Basin from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So if you want to demo some skis, snowboards, sometimes helmets and goggles, bindings, boots, the demo day is on the 7th of March. Uh, there's a women's camp also at Snow Basin the following weekend, March 12th through 4th. March, can you believe that? Yep. All already. It's coming around It's already. insane. And then uh, new, new on the docket, March 21st, the Ogden Urban Adventure Race. What's this all about? Okay, so this is presented by the Weber State University Outdoor Program. Daniel Turner with the Outdoor Program has had this dream for years, and it's tied into... I thought it was originally tied into, um, and maybe it is. Yeah, the rent, the Striders Winter Race Circuit 10 Miler. So I think the start is with the Striders Winter Race Circuit 10 Miler, which is a, a 10 Miler on the bench above your house, Todd. So it's hilly and and not easy and typically cold. Even in you know late March, it's still a little chilly. And then you jump on the shoreline for a mountain bike leg, and then you jump on the Ogden River for a kayak leg. And you exit, so I think you entered by Rainbow Gardens and then get out by um, uh, the the wave there by Walmart. And the Crystal Wave by Walmart. And I don't think you have to have a whitewater kayak per se. You just need a kayak of some kind like a, to get down the river. Because shouldn't, we shouldn't see much runoff before then, so it should be pretty, pretty But no, easy. like tubes. Not like a tube or I something. Mean, I don't think, yeah, you got to sign a special paper if you're going to use a tube. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that's the Ogden Urban Adventure Race. If you want in on that, the uh, registration is open. It's from 8 to noon. I'll be at the finish line uh, host with the Gear 30 booth playing music and congratulating the finishers on that. So that should be But you want a piece of that. That's the first one. I know, it's the first one. You got to get the bragging rights of winning that, that one. Uh, in the news, in the news, first up is the snow report. Not much going on out there. Zeros all around as far as recent inches, but Nordic Valley is hanging on to a 27-inch base, Powder Mountain at 62, and Snow Basin 89. Now, what are the top, what are the deepest snowpacks in the United States right now? Any guesses? How many, how many in Utah? How many resorts in Utah are in the top 10? There's probably at least two. Yes, two. Okay, so number 10, Jackson Hole, 118. Nine, Stevens Pass, Washington, 121. Crystal Mountain, Washington, 123. Timberline, Oregon, 124. Whitefish, Montana, 127. White Pass, Washington, 128. And Snowbird, Utah, 132, and followed by, um, or then right in front of Snowbird, Alta, 134. Mount Hood, 168. And Mount Baker, Washington, 181. Lots of snow in the Pacific Northwest this year. And then speaking of snow, new article in the Standard Examiner, and we touched on this last week, Nordic Valley wants to expand. And so a follow-up report by Tim Van Denek and the Standard Examiner. Nordic Valley operator says the planned expansion is key to the resort's long-term viability, which, Todd, you mentioned uh, staying in business is a good idea last week, I think, when we were talking about it. Yeah. Although <laughs> expand we, or die. Well, we do. I mean, I was like, yes, I like the vibe of a Little lot of Nordic. Do, yeah. Like, I like Little Nordic. It's so fun and just yep. cheap. And But they're like, yeah, James Coleman, the, um, the head of Nordic's parent company, Mountain Capital Partners, it's not a viable 
company as it is. It's been there forever, but um, so there. That's kind of why. So if you want to read more about his, it's in the Standard Examiner. Uh, he's like, yeah, we got, we have to, or else this just isn't going to. So last. expansion is coming before being purchased by one resort. Meaning that that's still yeah, someone will my swoop thought in and, is that yeah, yeah, there's always at some point there is going to be one resort. You know what? If I had the money, one global resort, and I didn't need to make a profit, I would love to buy Nordic. It would be a fun just to have. Like, yeah, it's my back. Everybody go ski. Good little yeah. hobby, right? Yeah, like a hobby. Yeah, keep it that same size. That's like podcasting. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's fewer people. This is sad news. Sad news. Fewer people in the United States are going outside. Uh, it's an article in Snow Brains. Did they ask everyone? Every, they asked every single person how they get these numbers, actually. I have no idea. Earlier this year, the Outdoor Foundation released a report highlighting that fewer, low lighting, fewer Americans are recreating outdoors. In fact, only about half of the U.S. population played outside in 2018, which I don't really know what that means. Like, what considers playing outside? Does golf count? Does Like, how does this work, right? A uh, study shows that there are 1 billion fewer outings in 2018 than in 2008, Less than 20% of people in the country get outside more than once a week. 63% of the people access the outdoors within 10 miles of their home. And children went on 15% fewer outdoor adventures compared than in 2012. Also in 2018, national park sites saw a 3.8% decrease in visitation compared to the previous year. Kind of makes you wonder coast to coast, like where those pockets are, because I have a feeling that certain areas of the country like Utah, for instance, like I'll bet our percentage is pretty high. Going up. Yeah. Or at least maintaining. But Yellowstone dropped off down. last year for I don't know why. Well, you see this uh, video from Vail. It, it doesn't look <laughs> they're like they're going to Vail, yeah. apparently. They're yeah. Not, they're not lacking visitors. <laughs> Outdoor <laughs> activities are uh, on point. Oh, that was the greatest. Oh, my gosh. They got so much. I don't know if they're like, eh, any pub's a good pub, I guess. We're just going to have to wait in line to ride the lift. Was this like long lines or something? I didn't yeah, see we this. posted to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure uh, uh, Facebook page. Oh, my gosh. The lines were absurd. I don't I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was just a bad day. A, Maybe it was a free hot dog day. Free hot dog day. Who knows? Uh, it's sad news and very like, kind of odd news. And I'm not, We're not really sure what happened because it doesn't say how he died. Canadian mogul skier. Braden Kuroda, only 19 years of age and was crushing it, dies suddenly um, at the age of 19. He was a Pennington, B.C. native, debuted in the World Cup last year, passed away on Monday, according to the Freestyle Canada, said in a news release. Cause of death not disclosed, but that's always sad when, I mean, it's so young and already on the World Tour or World Cup Tour. So um, that's not good. It's a bummer. That is sad. Uh, in other... Sad, but not in the same way news. <laughs> Definitely not in the same way. North Korea's ski resort ambitions are melting away. Uh, Kim Jong-un's master plan for his hermit kingdom to become an international ski destination might be melting before his eyes due to climate change. Bloomberg did an excellent article about the North Korean leader who studied in Switzerland making tourism a, a centerpiece on his economic or of his economic vision. Um, since taking power almost a decade ago. However, Kim's resort where visitors enjoy happiness and civilization, not imaginable, this is a quote, in even the Garden of Eden, uh, random that he invokes the Bible there, are reportedly not doing well. Apparently, climate change and the coronavirus are threatening his ambitions to ski his way out of international sanctions. Oh, I feel so sorry for him. I just don't see him as a big skier. He is a big skier. The little man... 
big wasted skier. Oh, size wise. <laughs> no, he shows him like on the ski lift going up, and he's by himself, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's I have, so weird. I have a feeling his uh, outdoor uh, adventures are trending down annually too. Trending down. Maybe it's part of yeah. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> probably the team around him will tell him he's the greatest skier in the world. Oh, absolutely. Never seen anyone smoother on. Never seen anyone. No. He's fantastic. He's so fast. Well, unfortunately, the coronavirus spread to a French ski sal- chalet. Think coronavirus is only the issue in China. Think again, according to Gear Junkie article. Recently, news outlets have reported plenty of virus outbreaks in concentrated places like airports and cruise ships. But now the virus is hitting unsuspecting travelers at ski areas. No, a ski chalet in the Alpine region of oh boy, Hot Savoy. Nailed it. Thanks. France reported five confirmed cases and six more quarantined for the coronavirus. Be careful out there, kids. Cruise ships are creepy uh, petri dishes of germs. Did you get and sick when you were when you worked on it? So I lucked out. So, yeah. I, you know, a billion years ago, I worked on one of those big, giant 3,000 passenger ships, right? And uh, I stayed healthy. I mean, it was probably the healthiest I've been in my life. This was a oh, long time right. You were part of like a some workout routine, though. Does oh, I kept keep it going. Sanity. I drank a ton. Uh, <laughs> Of water, you meaning like, I kept oh, the oh, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no drinking while you're working. But uh, you know, I was the exception, like the absolute exception, because once that starts, like it spreads so fast on a cruise ship. On the cruise ship, yeah. And so when I heard about that first outbreak on the ship, I'm like, yeah, that is just designed not good for that. Yeah, that's yeah. going to knock out like half the ship. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of Lance. I'm a fan of Lance Armstrong. He's actually a really good podcaster. If you listen to his podcast, um, the Livestrong charity is looking to rebuild in wake of in wake of the Armstrong scandal. Thanks. Ten years ago. I don't know what's going on, um, but they just launched a new brand branding initiative. And they used to do like one on one counseling for those who were uh, diagnosed with cancer. But apparently so many other people are doing that, that they're moving away from that now and doing other things. And so this is an article in Sports Illustrated. Uh, the cancer charity whose yellow wristbands became a global brand under founder Lance Armstrong is seeking to reinvent itself years after donations and revenues crashed along with the disgraced cyclist's career. This is crazy. So in 2000 and let's see if I can find the, the numbers here because I read it this morning. Their biggest year, 97 was, was, was founded. Okay. Livestrong took in 41 million in donations in 2009. 41 million. I think last year it took in like two and a half. Slight drop off. Yeah. So, that yeah, 2.5 in 2018. I'm not sure what 19 did. Um, assets listed at 100 million a decade ago have been whittled down to 46 million. That includes 37 million endowment, which has about 15 million tied to. So, yeah, they've long moved from any involvement with Lance. Um, and this new director is like, New logo, new vision, new things. So I'm flipping through the channels last night Yeah, while I was working, and uh, I saw the Masked Show for a minute. Oh, Masked What's Singer. What's Masked Okay. Yeah. Don't know too much about it. You were trying to kind of catch me up on I couldn't that, do I think, it. at some point. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I don't even know if I made it through the first full episode. But uh, they were revealing one of the people in the in the masks, right? And, uh-huh. and they, the judges were guessing, and, and there must have been, and I'm- I missed the clues. I guess there's a clues part or something. Okay. And uh, and so one of them had guessed Lance Armstrong. Oh, you know, yeah. that was one of them. And, yeah. 
and and I can't remember who the other ones were. And uh, wearing an elephant mask, he took the mask off, and it was Tony Hawk. So Tony Hawk, right, was singing. Yeah, and oh, I, yeah. apparently he sung a yeah. a Cure song. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that was like he and his wife's favorite song. Well, awesome. I follow Tony Hawk. I think he's great. I, yeah. He does really good things with kids and skate parks and things. But uh, that was a little spinoff, and I'm like, okay, so that was meant to be. That was the only segment of that show I've ever seen, <laughs> and it was yeah. a reveal to see Tony Hawk, who you would not oh, expect. Cool. Yeah. And then I, I noticed on his Instagram feed that he just had a ball, like he had. You a know, lot that's of fun, worth you know? going. To, I'm gonna find the YouTube with just that. He had a really part. good time. Yeah, and the fact that he got the cure. On like an evening, you know, yeah. show. He felt really good about that. So audience channel, one of my favorite channels, because Dan Patrick in the morning and then uh, all kinds of music and stuff in the afternoons and evenings. Um, the Cure, they, they've videoed, a, a, so they're going to release a new, it's like, you know, how you do two hours of filming of a live concert or whatever. So The Cure is coming up soon. Oh, on nice. Channel, so if you're fans. Uh, Boy Scouts of America claims bankruptcy. Bad news. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Talk about a comparison of a forty-one million down to like a two million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really I was in Scouts. Scouts was everything. I have so many amazing memories. My dad still, you know, he he had he has even fonder memories than I have. Yeah. Right back when he was a kid, and I moved around so much growing up, and that was the one thing that I had each place I moved was a a Scout troop, and then and then it just cracked open, and let's see how it all kind of shakes out. I I still have really good memories of Scouting, so I. I don't know if this is going to bounce back. I don't know. Matt, you in Scouts? Uh, I was uh, just for a for a brief time, but I, you know, I think you know to that and looking at uh, what you were discussing earlier about you know outdoor activities dropping. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at both from uh, you know in so many formative years. You know, from Scouts um, giving that introduction to the outdoors. Yeah. You know, if that's not there during those formative years starts in youth for sure absolutely and like you know now we're seeing the same thing from you know with gym classes and things like that Mm -hmm. or like if if people are not introduced to this stuff during those years we are missing such a large um opportunity and with more of these types of nonprofit organizations going out of business if it's not in the schools it's going to be up to us as parents to get the kids thrilled on the outdoors and and rec- and uh, working out and yeah being healthy absolutely so, uh, something worth watching and this is again you got to use your imagination for uh, oh, well my mouse just lost connection for a second flying through a a pinhole as a base jumper the wingsuit flyer base my jumper going off dude. Yeah, these guys are right nuts. Uh, Wingsuiter threads that. a needle oh, over 400 go. feet in a canyon, and they. That's the line. Yeah, Dicko! Here he comes. These dudes are nuts. How big oh is this opening? God. Not big. Oh it's like God. a. It's a net oh in a canyon. God. And he literally threads the needle so they have this giant net going across this massive that canyon and in the net is is a hole and it's yeah. it's a decent sized hole but he is flying wingsuit nails it right through the middle of the hole of the net that's strung across this but giant if he had canyon. missed that hole then he would have hit net. he'd hit net and who, i'm sure it's on a nice easy release on the side somehow so it doesn't just take him out through the can 
But you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss on that stuff God, at all. These guys are nuts. They are nuts. Completely nuts. And then, you know, uh, Todd's the, the movie fan here. I sometimes get into him, but not as much. Uh, the new Land Rover commercial sets the Defender flying. If you wanted an SUV that can fly, this new Defender commercial. I saw it. Did you see the commercial? They're getting off the ground. The yeah. Big jumps. Oh, flying. This is Italian for the next James Bond, which yes. I cannot wait. Yes. So, very excited that they use a Land Rover. And of course, they use a Land Rover. Not a Maserati or whatever they've used in the past. There's some sporty little car, too, but yeah. you got to play in the big SUV. Oh, my gosh. No time to die. No time to I ain't got time for that. Nope. 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 We have time to get... Uh, Land Rover Defenders like skyrocketing into the air. So it's do you know this much. is a 25th James Bond? It's not. This is the 25th one. That's not a small number. And this is uh, Daniel Craig's last one. So this is yeah. his fifth and final one. This is a big one. And that new uh, Billie Eilish song. Did you hear it yet? I haven't heard the song. Oh, no, I'm dude. a fan of her stuff. It is moody AF, but it's well, perfect. Yeah, it's like Irish. it's, it's really good. Eilish, not Irish. It's the Eilish. Eilish. She is the uh, youngest. You know, singer for a Bond song ever, and uh, she nailed it. Is she like 19, She and her brother are phenomenal. I don't know. So cool. All right, something worth reading. Uh, this Read both of these. So Adventure Journal and the uh, the actual version in uh, National Geographic. National Geographic expose slams Colin O'Brady Antarctic crossing. Colin O'Brady claims that he did an unsupported solo cross of Antarctica in 54 days, but he is being hmm, called out by many in the outdoor industry, including Alex Honnold and others. And uh, O'Brady's got fame. He's going on late night shows and doing all this thing, all the things. But uh, they're saying he sort of took a shortcut and that it wasn't really unsupported because he basically took this like ice road and that's considered supported. So he's responded, but it's a long article that goes into where his shortcut versus like, was is this a real thing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we just doing this for the fame? What's going on here? So it's up at Adventure Journal. And then also the actual article expose is at National Geographic. That may be worth reading for you. So those stories are always a shame. It sucks. It really does. You're going to do that stuff. Do it right. Uh, Gear 30 segment, use promo code OOA at checkout to save 12% on your purchase. That's gear30.com, spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y. Um, winter clearance right now, and lots of it. So, so hot. Two two items that are so hot. This company called Fish Gods, um, they invented this product. Uh, their, student, their students at Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania became friends over a shared passion for steelhead fishing. Their connection has become so tight that the two have launched a business to promote environmental conservatism uh, among freshwater anglers, whether they are casting lines on the streams of creeks or northwestern Pennsylvania or ranges in the American West. So they've got this new product that has the potential to change the industry. Um, a company developed reusable collapsible mesh bag for anglers to pick up trash while they are out on the water, uh, which is very cool. So look for Fish Gods, a product that you can collect your trash on the water that name is there. no joke no they just going, went big didn't they? go big fish gods yes <laughs> no, no, no pressure there no uh, pressure we will rule the world in all of fishing <laughs> and clean it up as we go and then one of our favorite brands of all time everybody knows if you go to park city it led park city 10 years ago and that's the north face 
the North Face is, is going into the streets. Uh, they've got a new urban line, and it is just as ugly as you th- think it would be. Um, probably not for us, but they're doing it anyway. So look for the new urban line from the North Face. I don't think. I wonder I don't, where I don't they're selling. I don't know. I don't think we're there. Well, you know, I go to Yellowstone every year, and there's buses and buses and buses of tourists from Asia, mm-hmm. and they are many times in North Face, and I think that's probably their predominant buyer, is this urban, chic, uh, tourist from the Asian market. I'm assuming, but, and Chicago and New York, big big cities, but but out like people who get outside, like they're like, what the hell is this stuff? I don't even know what this. It's it's funky. You just see it. It's a weird. It's weird. It's our new urban line. I'll check so, it out. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Um, I do have a um, a Myland segment. They're proposed drilling near Arches National Park. Wrong move. Groups say it's on KSL. Proposal for potential oil and gas development in the popular Slick Rock Trail Recreation Area in Grand County is stoking opposition from local elected leaders, outdoor recreation companies, and even Utah Governor Gary Herbert who says the leases should be pulled. So, yes, um, more on that at the KSL article. That was a lot. That was a full show. Uh, quote of the week. If a, if a man hasn't discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. Martin Luther King Jr. Thank you, Banyan One, for powering today's 352nd episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, um, all the, the places. Thank you, Matt Disney from Wooroo Marina Wool Company, hanging out with us, sharing the startup adventures. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, look for us at all the locations um, on the interwebs and DM, DM us on Instagram because the Twitter thing wasn't working out for us. You DM me all day. DM on Instagram. <laughs> DM Todd all day. At Ogden Adventure, at the Banyan Collective. More likely, we'll get, get back to you. I think yeah. our percentage is pretty high. Like we're pretty quick about getting back to you too. Yeah, that that we uh, there we are. Twitter suck. We can't do Twitter. I don't know why. This week's outdoor jukebox sifting through hours of crappy music so you don't have to. And really, I didn't sift at all because I told you I was going to do a full month of Frightened Rabbit. So this is another song from from Frightened Rabbit. Um, Swim. I got to move my little hero through here. Swim until you can't see a land. Um, oh, this is the wrong. Here we go. That's the name this of the song or your new swim, quote? No, this is the Swim like Until You Can't See too. Land from uh, Frightened Rabbit. See, this starts out so soft. John Muir would say the mountains are calling. We must go. Let's go. The salute at the threshold of the North Sea of my mind. And a nod to the board and that drove me here to face the tide and swim. I swim, oh swim Dip a toe in the ocean, oh how it hardens and it numbs The rest of me is a version of mine built to collapse and crumb And if I hadn't come now to the coast to disappear I may have died in the landslide 